Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, Danny told me get out my feelings. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Picking Corners, a box lacrosse channel production presented by our good friends over at Bar Down Lacrosse. Go Bar Down Lacks. Dot com is your one-stop shop for all things box lacrosse from the OJLL to the MSL to the NLL to literally everything box lacrosse. If you need merch and you don't want it to look terrible, like your aunt screen printed it in their backyard, then you should really go head on over to bar, go bar And I say that because let's be honest, we've come across, I don't know how much lacrosse merch that looks like it was printed on like vistaprint.com like entirely <laughs> like no shade to vistaprint like if they want to sponsor us that's great but that's not them right now that's bar down lacrosse so go bar down is your spot to go the picking corners merch has been proofed we've seen it there's a, a cool tank top slash basketball jersey in there um there's a, a dope hat that cam's already all about um and a whole bunch of stuff so soon enough you'll be able to go to go bar down and check on out our picking corners merchandise, which I'm pumped to just be able to go on a website and like see our logo on something and be like, Hey, that's pretty sick. You know, like, I don't care if like, if 20 people buy it, if 150 buy it, if it shows up on a, an NBA pregame fit, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I'm just excited to see it. So we're thankful for, for bar down lacrosse and, and all they're doing for the, uh, the box lacrosse game. I have seen bar down merch in the real world, in the wild, and it's pretty sick. So please check them out. That's been an ad read by myself, Tucker LaBelle, on Picking Corners. Uh, gentlemen, we are joined today by Aaron Forrester, uh, the Everest alum, coach, teaches some classes I'm hearing here, um, the facilitator of Box Lacrosse Breakdown on Instagram, doing some awesome stuff on there, the NJ, NJIT alum, shouting out the alma mater there. Um, and also an NLL player with a lot of gifted lacrosse ability and some humor, as we're already starting to find here. Aaron, welcome into the show. Uh, and uh, give us a couple words, I guess, before we uh, hand it over to these two goons. Oh, boys. Thanks for having me on the show. Obviously, uh, a fan. I've been ta- talking with Cammy uh, back and forth for quite a while. So this has been in the works for uh, for some time now. So really appreciate you guys having me on here. Sick man, we're really pumped to have you. I, it's, I think we, I, I can already tell we got a great conversation that's going to take over this podcast. That uh, everyone listening is probably going to get a laugh out of. I won't pick on Garrett too much today, so that's good. But uh, Garrett, Cam, um, what's up? What's up in your lives? I just got back from DC, literally uh, at like midnight. So Sick. running around the country still, having some fun. But other than that, you know, just deciding to chill out for maybe a weekend or two. I'll actually, like, not be in an airport, you know? Yeah, dude, I feel that. I literally, like, if we talk about the last, like, five weeks, we, between Macy and I, it's like, she was at a bachelorette party, then we were in Omaha for a birthday party, then we were in the Quad Cities for a wedding, then she was in New Orleans this past week for a conference, now I'm going to New Orleans for my buddy's bachelor party. I mean, it's like... (laughs) Yeah, la- literally, like, li- literally this this past Saturday was the first Saturday I'd slept in my own bed in like seven weekends. It was wild. Just uh, just a it, human suitcase. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Literally, like it's just it's it's pack leave come back laundry pack leave. It's like it's just a vicious cycle. But uh, I don't know. It's it's fun to stay busy. I'm excited to have a little downtime. We uh, just met recently for the Portagers Milkman Dogfish like postseason wrap up that tucker didn't end up showing up for shocker uh, <laughs> uh but that was yesterday so you know we've spent like five hours yesterday in this super hot sweaty room like we did last year just talking about like all the things that we you know thought went well for our season specifically and like the bll and things like that you know where we want to see improvements across us box and what we can do to continue to kind of like i don't know take charge on that right um whether it be from a social media standpoint from you know a structure relationship um culture all these different things and uh you know i really appreciate being a part of that conversation because i i think that that's the start of you know growing it even bigger here in the us right we're we're seeing a big push and Part of that we're about to get into is obviously the Olympics, um, you know, officially approving this morning lacrosse as part of uh, the L.A. 2028 Olympic um, Summer Games here. 
uh, which is super exciting, right? But just just kind of seeing everything start to come to fruition, like year to year, right? Like we had the the conversation after our season last year, and and then you know you have a full season and you, you see like all the goals that you're able to hit, some of the things where you fell short. But it's cool to recognize just the progress in general and try to eventually catch up to Canada and you know get the rest of the world incorporated as well, right? So. I think from there, you know, what are our first impressions and and what do we think this impact is, you know, from now, the next five years, and then in 2028 of lacrosse, you know, becoming an Olympic sport. Aaron, what are your thoughts, brother? I think it's it's incredible for the game, man. It's only going to increase exposure uh, worldwide. Um, it's crazy, man. Even on like box across breakdown, you know, I'll have conversations with people and Australia that are looking to get better, you know? Um, so I think on like a, a globalization kind of scale, um, it's huge for the game. Also, I just had a thought that went through my mind. Obviously lacrosse is one of the oldest sports in North America. How fitting is it for it to be in Los Angeles, in North America, uh, for its return to the Olympics. Right. So I think it's awesome. Um, it, there's so many, versions of lacrosse now i wish obviously it would be just box lacrosse in the olympics but uh sixes honestly i i feel like in a weird way i kind of prefer it to to normal field like it's action-packed it's super fast it's back and forth uh it's great man so uh nothing but positive remarks on my end for sure yeah uh, i i mean i yeah that's that's kind of spot on where i'm thinking with it too in a lot of ways i'm curious to see how many nations and countries they take into the olympics like because i know historically speaking a lot of the kind of the newer games to the olympics kind of they start out small and they'll kind of build from there um and they want to put kind of the best product on the floor especially for viewers um so i'm really curious to see how many countries get invited or included um obviously right now the biggest conversation is you know will the haudenosaunee nationals get an opportunity to play um, you know, obviously for me here, having Doug on the team with his dad being the GM, uh, we've had that, we talked about that today. We sat down and had a conversation today about what that's going to look like, how it's going to work. What if it doesn't work? Who plays for who? Like that seems to be a really hot conversation. And uh, obviously having kind of the head honcho for the games, um, talking about how he wants the Haudenosaunee in it um, is, I think, a big, big, awesome kind of showing of, hey, this is how much it matters type thing. But at the end of the day, I'm just curious to see how many countries uh, are allowed to compete or what are the qualifications look like? You know, uh, are we going to have any type of qualifiers, you know, like a, a North American qualifier? Kind of what 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 allows teams to enter the Olympics is my biggest question right now. What are their roster sizes? What are the qualifications for players? Because I did some time today researching, you know, what allows you to play for a country in the Olympics? Like, what is that compared to the World Games? And it seems like, oddly enough, in some ways, some of the World Games for Lacrosse qualifications are actually more specific than the Olympics are, which I was I was really shocked to learn about that because you're seeing now, and I think this was, what, two Winter Olympics ago, there was a, a young lady skating for, not skating, she was a like a skateboarder or something for China, and they're like, wait a minute, you don't live in China, and she's like, but my heritage is in China, so I chose to compete for China, and so from what I'm reading is the Olympics, if you are able to show your direct descent from a country, they are okay with it, they're good with it, but once you play for that country, you can never go play for another country in the Olympics, so, and they also specified, you if you play for them in the Olympics, or any type of world qualifying event, you cannot play for another country. So that's where I started to get the wheels turning. And I'm like, okay, are they going to say that the world games is qualifying to that rule as well? Because there's definitely situations where there's guys who have dual passports for Canada and the U S that could right. play for both. But if they played this summer for the U S or for Canada, vice versa, could they go play for another country? And I guess that rule is going to have a big effect on who can play for who. Um, but then I just did some time today going on a list of what countries could actually put together an Olymp Olympic level team. And I, there's not a lot with, with guys who are passport holders, full descent, you know, direct heritage. Like that's where we start to only see a few kind of emerge. Like my mind was like Canada, us, Ireland, um, England, Germany, Japan. Japan yeah. Like it, you don't, there's not as many, I think, because of kind of how world lacrosse has gone for a long time. So 
I'm just curious to see who who is able to compete and what the model they go with. And I'm a little bit I'm a little bit dissed that we've been working at this for so long, and flag football just gets a freaking invite at the same time. <laughs> uh, it's just going to be the the NFL against every country, basically, which is dope. Um, so I, I thought it was interesting. The other one I, I will address, like as far as um, sports getting invited in, I think that cricket getting invited in is actually awesome. Yeah, that's sick. I think the sport of yeah, cricket it's, slept it's on it. It's globalized in a big way recently. So excited to see that. Um, huge for the game from a, a college recruiting perspective. Like that's where my mind automatically thinks. I think this is only going to push more players to get to the college level. Um, I think you may see more colleges add lacrosse if the Olympics have a big effect because, you know, for so long, like we've seen it, if you're not a box player, especially, and you're like, there's no way I'm going to play professionally in field then you're like, okay, well then what's the point of, you know, going anywhere, you know, what's the point of not just playing club? Like, but I think now that there's the Olympics in play, I think we're going to see more, more kids do that. And we're probably going to see more international players attending college in the U S to develop their game too, which I love that from, especially from like the women's side and the men's side, like the men's side and women's side are different. Um, but there's so many division one women's scholarships that they shoot for every year, but then you add the Olympics into it and you add that on every scale um i think it's going to have a huge positive impact for the game and i agree with aaron like i didn't initially adopt sixes i actually hated it from the start but the more i watch it i'm like this is closer to box in speed than it is normal field and the games and after watching the world games this summer in san diego i'm not gonna lie there's some of those games i was like man this is not fun to watch like this is really just boring so um sixes is big but it's cool to see it i will add this last piece it's cool to see it get this far because playing for FCA this summer in San Diego before every game we played before every exhibition we played, the coach was like, I want you guys to look over there. There are Olympic committee people here watching this, trying to understand the game, trying to see it. You need to, you need to present this correctly, play it correctly, encourage all the athletes to put it together correctly, because this is how we get in the Olympics is this small scale that we're at right now is going to have big implications for them adopting it. So to see it fully adopted now from where we were just this summer and the conversation being had, is like completely full circle and really awesome to see. Yeah, yeah I think I'm excited to see the speed of it. Like you, like you mentioned, because even this past, like this past World Games and then the one before it, you there were times where like these games are just they're just slow because there's no rules around. Oh, like no, you know, shot time. You know, not shot clock, but shot clocks. Um, holding, you know, holding the ball, keep it in. There's no rules like that, so a team can just hold it when they're up and just waste time. Six is pretty fast um i forget oh i forget the uh, the hbcu league that plays sixes i want to uh, say it's nct yeah, yeah yeah it's something like that it's it's pretty cool though actually yeah and they they're actually been doing it for like i think a couple of years now um but it's it's it's, it's cool to see it adopted at the, at the collegiate level now and so i'm excited to see how it's going to turn out i am not excited to see how it's going to turn out for all the defensemen that get left off the rosters that uh that is going to kind of suck because you know typically defensemen aren't like the fastest guys on the field that can run out there for a long time and sixes just kind of seems like a a mini game basically because as soon as you're someone takes a shot you gotta just break right off so oh please aaron what you got i was gonna say can i add something to what you're saying too i i also really like that about sixes is it it forces people to be a two-way player right it forces Mm -hmm. you to have to be able to play offense and defense and obviously be in shape right like there's a conditioning aspect to it um whereas like when you look at the nll and even some field lacrosse players to some extent they're not exactly the most exemplary athletes um if you want to put it that way like diplomatically so i I think i kind of like that about sixes is it just it makes you have to really you know prepare for it as a as a athlete properly should right so yeah i like that i love that i agree yeah it it takes away that kind of that that specialty player but that specialty player like hey i'm training for just this and this only maybe a little bit outside that it's like no you got to have the whole gambit now everybody on this team has to be at that same level. So if mm-hmm. one person goes down, someone else can step right in and just be as fast as the next guy. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it, I think it'll play well for a lot of box guys. I mean, 
a lot. Like, I think that's going to really, you're going to, like, I think you'll see Ross oh, yeah. change up in a lot of ways. Um, kind of going back to what I was saying about qualifications, what I think we're going to see here is probably similar to ice hockey. And the last time that ice hockey, when they held qualifications was the top eight teams in world rankings, plus the host country, if not included in the top eight, were the automatic berths to the Olympics. And they based that off of the International Ice Hockey Federation world rankings. So in this case, they base it off of world lacrosse rankings. And if they do it the same way, then those teams that are already ranked, they're the qualifiers. So, I mean, I'm just thinking right now, looking at world games, who would get in in the top eight. And that's that's actually pretty awesome. Like that's that's a pretty good situation. One of the interesting things that I saw kind of back to like your qualification and, you know, who can play for what, right? Like, I think one of the one of the big examples is Naomi Osaka, right? The tennis player who was basically, you know, three years old when she moved here her whole life at U.S., right? But then played tennis for Japan in the last Olympics. Um, and then one of the things that I just recently saw, I, I'm in a bunch of like Facebook groups, which usually never starts well, but lacrosse Facebook groups aren't too bad. And uh, some some like countries trying to now start looking for players are are you know basically posting and saying hey we're trying to get this country up and running um here are the qualifications for you to play and one of them is just having a spouse that's from the country or has some sort of heritage to the country too which is pretty wild right so i could be born and raised in the u.s or canada but then have you know a spouse from Brazil, right? I'm pretty sure is the team that I saw. And and if I if my spouse has some sort of heritage there or passport or something, I could play for that team, um, which I think is is pretty wild. But I think it's just kind of you know they're they're trying to basically get as much um, you know participation as they can uh, until it starts to become even more of a you know globalized sport. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Like you like like get that good a good base going first. For sure. Get all like the I guess the, the team kinks worked out. See how your personnel is going to work. But not just for the team, but like the management also of it too. And then once everything's kind of in place, they'll probably start tightening down on on their rules for qualifying or for playing for the team. Maybe. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's if, if you, how it is. Right. If you think about it, it's like if I'm from you know a, a country that doesn't have lacrosse and I've never heard of it, how would I ever start playing it? other than right. I see we have a national team on TV, right? Like that's, right. You know, that's a really, really good able way to be like, with it. oh my God, I, I have no idea what this sport is. I've never seen it in my community, um, but it looks really cool. And it looks like there's a chance that I could even play for my country if, you know, I get good enough or if there's enough opportunity that, you know, so I, I just, I think it's a, it's just a way to, to try to get more buy-in for the sport all around. And I'm sure you know, if we're talking 10, 15 years from now that the qualifications will be a lot tighter as countries start to have actual, you know, feeder programs and things like that. Yeah, that's why I'm I curious mean, to see if they go yeah. with full, like if they go with the full Olympic regulations right away or if they have like a two, you know, a two games kind of adjustment period that they... It would have to be. That's like, that'd be really restrictive for well, you know, growing nations for it, I feel like. Yeah, I just... But, I, I don't know. I'm I'm curious how much they're willing to bend like for the sport. That's that's what I'm like. I'm trying to pull yeah. up what. But I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Five years. I don't know when they, their rosters and everything are due, but that's a decent amount of time to really get something going. Yeah, it's a good mean, amount of development time. Yeah. Well, like your top, so your top eight that would qualify if they went the same way would be United States, Canada, Haudenosaunee, Australia, Japan, England, Israel, and Jamaica. And, you know, like, I think, I think the biggest question mark within that group with guys who were born there and everything like that would probably be Jamaica, because like we, we got close to a lot of the Jamaican team this summer and they're honestly the most enjoyable guys to be around, like just yeah. love game, super cool. But in talking to a lot of them, like a lot of them don't have like direct heritage mm -hmm. in years. And so you're like, man, like, okay, well then how would they, you know, justify? And then like, you know, right down the line, you know, number nine, Italy. I played there. I love the place, but only two guys that I played with in the country of Italy were actually on the Italian roster because it was all U.S. guys. And then I'm like, okay, well then, you know, how do we how do we make this work? Like, how does this how does this picture frame out? Because we're gonna see it soon. I will say my one thought when this all happened today 
I got a text from one of my players saying, oh, you know, I just reached out to two countries to see if I could start playing with them, blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking in the back of my mind, I feel terrible for whoever is running the social media pages for all the national teams because they probably just got absolutely shelled <laughs> from people being like, hey, let me come play for you, blah, blah, blah. And I get that oh, a lot yeah. of people – I get that a lot of those people are doing that out of a good place in their heart and they're just that interested. But at the same time, I'm like, man, where the hell were you this entire world lacrosse process? Like, the way to well, hop- yeah, you, like think about like there's, you know, a, a million middle school kids that are like, I'm 13 now, but LA 2028, I'll be 18. Like, you know, let me join your squad. Right. Like, I don't know. It's I think ultimately it's it's more positive than anything. And and. I think that clearly to your, even to your point that it's, it's just going to drum up even more hype, uh, but like good hype, right. It's not going to be, you know, a bunch of people throwing their hats in the ring. that have no like uh, leg to stand on or shouldn't even be part of the conversation. Right. I, I think it's, it's been done well and it's been executed well. And, and it's one of the things I wanted to bring up is how I think it's cool that we personally covered the event that honestly probably led to kind of that last final push for the Olympics to be uh, like, yeah, we need to have lacrosse, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say it, but I mean, probably the coverage that we actually did was the whole reason that lacrosse without us, there'd be no Olympic lacrosse. So you're welcome. Uh, No, but it's, (laughs) it's, it's cool to kind of like, it's, it's all coming to fruition, right? Like we, we went there and and heard the the murmuring of like, Hey, this is a big, like push for the Olympics. You know, this really needs to go off without a hitch. Um, And I think being a part of that and and kind of seeing it all play out in San Diego and now, you know, they're like having a huge breath of relief, like sigh relief saying like, Oh, we did it. Like now we, now the push begins to, you know, actually make sure it's done well uh, in, in yeah. 2028. It's, it's cool to see it all unfold. Right. Um, but, but let me just throw this in the hat. What if they're like, Hey, summer Olympics, we're not digging it. Let's go winter Olympics for box. Oh, why can't that you have summer insane. lacrosse and boxing? Come on. Don't tease me like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't see why you couldn't have sixes in the summer and box in the in in the winter, but that's just me. I mean, yeah. you play it on a on a rink, basically, right? So yeah. you know, plenty of winter sports do that. I think that's enough on the Olympic topic. Um, is there anything else that we wanted to discuss before we just absolutely berate Aaron for like 25 minutes? No, I'm down for the brain of it. Yeah, let's let's fuck him up. Okay, cool. Are you sure? Uh, yeah. Aaron, yeah. Do you want to consent? I consent. All right, fine. All right, sweet. All right. Cool. Like, oh wow, that was hard. Okay. Garrett, take it away. Right, so this is the second part, the interview portion of our podcast. Um I mean, if you haven't listened to the first part, go back and listen to it. Great conversation. But today we have the one the only Brick City Bandit himself, box lacrosse breakdown aficionado, Aaron Forrester from the NLL is here. Welcome. This is the best intro I could have ever asked for. Thank you, Garrett. I really appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. I do this for a living. So Sorry, um, Tucker. Sorry, no, Tucker. His was better. I feel bad now. <laughs> Garrett. All right. So getting started with this, one question I wanted to ask is I I followed your page for a while. Um, and it's not often you see a professional taking the time to be like, you know what? Even even clips that aren't yours to break down what's going on in these plays from the offensive side, a defense, a defensive side, and also just like a game flow um idea. It's a it's a good concept because you you give people insight on, you know, people that are just learning how to do different things experienced people how to do things better in the more nuanced ways that you might not have thought of or seen before and then practice ideas are you just supposed to practice drill the other day for like just quick warm-ups to get the sticks the sticks moving what was that initial idea of like i'm gonna i'm gonna really jump into this no yeah great question so I think the original idea kind of spawned, it would have been like late 2019 and then kind of into COVID, uh, had a lot of time on my hands. I was fortunate enough to still be kind of working throughout that time period, but I was just kind of researching, you know, box lacrosse oriented resources and I I couldn't really find anything whatsoever. 
And, you know, through that research, I was just like, man, you know, it would be great if uh, the thing that I always think about was, you know, I wish I had a resource like this when I was a kid, right? Not everybody has access to the best box across coaches, um, you know, teams, facilities, whatever the case may be, right? Um, and I always just thought about like, you know, how different would my game be, you know, if I did have that resource growing up, right? So I think that's where the idea originally spawned from. It was just from coming from the standpoint of like wanting to help other people grow within the sport and also help with their development and also just make it open source, right? Like all of my content is free right now. I'm a firm believer that everybody should have free accessible information to be able to get better at whatever they do. If you're good at something and not to toot my own horn or anything like that, uh, make that knowledge shareable, make it, make it so that everybody can join in on that and everybody kind of push the needle forward. Right. So I'd say that's where the idea came from. And uh posted my first video geez would have been i think it would have been 2021 in like april or something i was still with the toronto rock at that point so bad everybody who's listening to this please do not go watch that first video it's literally trash <laughs> it's a good play it's a good play it's it's actually from the albany firewalls but oh my god uh we've come right, a long everyone way make sure that. you just check the description right the so we'll go we'll be linking we'll that first episode. Knows. uh <laughs> so if you want to see that first episode just check the description we will have that link for you Dude, it's so bad. <laughs> oh God, the audio. We've all got to start off. somewhere. That's a, that's a good thing. Like you, <laughs> you, you started and it's gotten so much better. Yeah, I yeah, now, I love the the one play where you you were on the rock. I think where you yeah. did a review on of the rock with Dan Dawson, and it was about um he was in that back that back right, and he's like you see the guy coming down, and he just grabs his jersey and then just decides to fall over. But I'm like, I've never seen that. But it's like, it's the smartest thing ever. Not gonna lie. I've grabbed like, if, you know, guys give me a cross check. I'll grab their stick with the bottom fingers and yeah. just like keep them with them. But like to not get a call out of that, it's like, oh, just do it like you're falling over because then they're going to see you all falling over. It's like that, that little things you never really notice pick up on. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And just got to give a quick shout out to Dan Dawson, because he is literally the best person you'll ever meet in your life. Like, funniest guy, one of the most humble guys you'll ever meet. And he's, you know, one of the greatest of all time in box across. But uh, obviously going coinciding with that, like you pick up on these little nuanced things that he does throughout a game. Like when you watch game film on Dan Dawson, he does all the little things right and it's those situational awareness moments where he'll do something like that it's just like that's the difference between scoring a goal or not getting a goal right if he doesn't do that graham hosack he slides to challenge rodgers and probably puts him on the ground right it's graham hosack he's huge or hosack sorry and uh but yeah no it's it's like masters of the craft like that like being able to play with them and just honestly just observe them shoot around with them it's it's incredible so uh love that guy amazing guy master absolute master <laughs> oh, hey dan there you go you heard it you're here first so you're next bro what i want to ask about is yeah you gotta get dan he's he's the man <laughs> dan <laughs> yeah aaron definitely make that introduction for us dan is the I... man. oh i will <laughs> <laughs> awesome what i want to know is when did you start or did it did it come beforehand that you had because you know i'm not like I know it's it's not anything that's you know super high level production, but it looks like there's a there's a good amount of time spent you know obviously clipping everything together. I think it it obviously looks like you have experience using some sort of platform or you know editing uh, type program, uh, and it comes out very professional. I, I think that's kind of what sets you apart for sure. Not only is there not a ton of people doing it, but then what you're putting out there is very clear, concise, and it's easy to understand because of the way that you piece it together. So like, did you have any of that background before, or is it something that you kind of developed as you, you know, took on this, this new project? Really good question. Also, thanks. That, that really means a lot to me. <laughs> I really appreciate that, man. No thanks problem, a lot. Uh, Cause I do put a, a good amount of effort into the videos um so funny enough like i've always had a bit of a knack for editing softwares like back when i was in like it must have been like middle school man 
uh, I would just make stupid, like the worst videos. Like if you think that first video on my YouTube channel is bad, like the videos I used to make with my <laughs> middle school friends were literally atrocious. They're somewhere still on YouTube and I will not be giving you any information see on those. The, see, see the link below. Like it's, it's, for those YouTube yeah. videos. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cringeworthy, but anyway, so I was always the one kind of, uh, like mashing everything up and editing stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I do have like somewhat of a background in that. Like, did I go to school for it? No, but it's always kind of been in my back pocket throughout the years. And uh, the program I use is DaVinci Resolve. Again, it's open source. It's completely free uh, studio grade editing platform or, you know, software, whatever you want to call it. So uh, if anybody's trying to learn or, or get into you know how i make the videos or you know stuff that kind of goes along with that feel free to hit me up i'm an open book always here to answer any questions in regard to lacrosse but also editing software as well but i would say the most time consuming aspect of making the videos is honestly just watching game film right. man uh yeah. i watch like a, i watch a game of lacrosse a day whether that be feel or box but uh yeah i'm always just like writing down timestamps and like that that video i made where it was like the dumbest rule in lacrosse the shot clock thing man i had to like dig into like i watched like three or four games before i could finally find the example and i was just like yes finally so yeah anyways yeah for the, for the audience you're talking about if the ball goes off of a defender and goes out of bounds right the reset is that what you're yeah. alluding to yeah yeah, yeah it makes no absolutely no sense i'm so glad they finally changed it um because i've seen because you know I've, I've been playing lacrosse for a long time i've seen so many teams including my own teams just get absolutely torched off that rule and it'll be like a critical moment of a game you need that reset. All of a sudden, they score because you're playing like another an extra thirty seconds of defense, and bang, balls in the back of your net. It's hard playing defense, man. It's you know, it takes a lot of energy. So, anyways, oh, I mean, what it, you kind of let, yeah, dude. No, that's what we want. We want the energy, bro. We want the we want the good vibes. Um, and I, you kind of led me into my next question. Uh, a, kind of a, a, a little bit earlier when you were talking about, you know, reach out to you, right? Now that you've, you've definitely, you know, made a huge impact on the community and, and a lot of people are following you, you know, commenting, reaching out. How has it been, you know, having that notoriety and, and, and you know, trying to field those requests and take everything on by yourself? I mean, I, I have to assume that you're getting more and more every day and it's got to be tough to manage all that and also put out content and you know, supply teach at a school and, you know, you know yeah. do all that stuff. So also working at a restaurant, I, I do it all right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Haven't, haven't made a dime off box cross breakdown, but like, not I'm yet. okay with that. Not, not, not yet. yet. Someday, someday, probably we'll get some AdSense in there. Maybe some merch, who knows? Do but, some clinics. Uh, yeah. The box yeah, cross breakdown yeah. clinics, dude. It's it's definitely yeah, in the works huge. for sure. It's something that's, yeah, uh, it's, it's a hundred percent in the pipeline. Um, uh, just got to figure out a way how to roll it out properly. But sure. uh, in terms of like managing all the responses and stuff like that, it's not too crazy. Like it, it, you say notoriety, but like, you know, I only got like, I think I'm getting close to 4,500 followers on Instagram, a thousand plus on YouTube and a thousand plus on TikTok. So it's not like too crazy. Uh, there have been times where it takes me a while to respond to people. Um, as you probably know, Cam, because you know, they're just running all over the place all the no time. No comment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm bad at that at times, but no, hey, I'm, four, I'm almost 5,000 followers on Instagram. Oh, Don't see oh, short, bro. Okay. <laughs> but uh, no, it's good, man. The, the thing that keeps me going um, is just, man, the, the messages that mean the most to me on a personal level is just when people reach out and go, Hey man, like this video really helps me. And you know, it's helping with my development. I really appreciate what you're doing um and, and that's it exactly why i started this this whole box across breakdown thing right so that really like it it really does mean a ton to me when i see stuff like that and it it definitely lights a fire so uh yeah yeah it's it's very uh fulfilling fulfilling yeah i mean i have to say uh i appreciate you throwing a clip of your boy on there and uh showing everyone how i use my big ass body to, <laughs> to get open for a dunk so <laughs> Uh, Man, that, that, <laughs> that hit pick was legit. That was a legit hit pick. Gotta use it, that, right? I, I hate you it. told I me hate it was it a pick and roll, happens. and I was like, wait a minute. I've been looking for a clip like this. Come on. You know, it's I and I only started playing last year, and the only thing, the only reason I say this is because I, I used to really just, like, try to 
knock the shit out of someone every time I was setting a pick. And the thing that was happening is that I would, yeah, I'd hit the guy, but he'd either be holding my stick because I'm extending, right? Or I'm already out of the play because I've, you know, taken this guy up to the top corner or I'm in the bottom corner and I'm not actually in a spot where I can catch, right? So my teammates are like, hey, instead of doing that, just throw your ass or your hip into him and have your stick to the inside already so that you're open and and you're going to see a lot more looks. And that's kind of where I was able to step on my game. So I think, you know, it, being able to highlight those plays is exactly what you're doing and giving other people those resources, like you said, to to kind of understand, hey, this is where I'm at, but this is where I could be. And this is where, you know, the highest level of the players, highest level players, you know, succeed um, in, in doing these things. Right. So. A hundred percent, man. It's those, it's those little things that really, once you start to get to the more of the, the elite levels, right? Those 1% differences is, is what really separates, uh, you know, the elite of the elite from, you know, great to good to average and so on and so forth. Right. Um, and especially when you're at the tip top, like 1% differences over a cumulative effect, right. Um, you know, it, it does make a big difference once you get to those levels. So, uh, kudos once again for that hit pick because it was uh, it was picture perfect. Come on now. <laughs> the the last thing I want to talk about, and then we're gonna unleash Tucker here to talk about. I'm sure your past. That's usually where he goes. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what he's got. <laughs> where he's got on his mind today. Um, and for those of you that didn't know, Aaron almost died like two weeks ago because he had a staph infection. How are you doing? Yeah. Any updates from that, dude? So you went dark better. for so, like a week, and I'm like, is this is this guy alive? Yeah. Is he good? Yeah, man. So I had this like I sh- I should send you a picture of it. We could, it would be pretty funny to actually put this on the podcast and post, but. Uh, I had this like crazy staph infection, man. It was like all my face and I had this crazy rash all the way up and down my body. It was, uh, it was pretty brutal. Like I was really sick. Um, thankfully I you know, got prescribed antibiotics and, uh, you know, like a cream or whatever to help me get treated. But for a solid two weeks, like I was down and out, man. Like once, even once the rash went away the following week, I still had like zero energy. Like it sucked. So yeah, that stuff can really pull it out of you. We're we're glad to see you're you're recovered and and able to to come on the show and get back to doing what you love. So yeah, yeah, me too. It's good to have energy again. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. We love took to see that it. for granted. <laughs> right, you don't realize it until you're laying in bed for seven days straight. Yeah, with a rash over your face and body, brutal. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Tucker, it's all you, brother. Well, you were accurate in your assumption being made. Um, it's like I know you. Yeah, you know, I guess I'm a journalist or something, so I like to figure some background out. I, but I think my, I think my first question is one I will ask almost all Canadian players. Um, and I, the more I coach Canadian players, the more I come across this question. Um, and it ranges when I ask somebody, you know, how'd you get in the field across? How long have you played? I have a kid on my team right now from Alberta who's never played field across in his life. He's a complete box player. And then I got guys from Ontario who are like, well, we grew up playing as much field as we did box. So I understand that it's completely based on where you're from. And it's always fun to ask kind of how did you, when did you get in the field? How much field did you play going into college? Was there an adjustment, you know, wearing that ugly uh, STX helmet? Um, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, like where, where did your where did your field game kind of come down? Okay, before we get into that, those SDX helmets, oh my god, they were so uncomfortable. The stallions, oh my god, dude, they were absolutely brutal. I literally had to remove. Yeah, there's somewhere. There's one. I had to remove, like you know, how you can like take the top pad almost out. I've got a big melon, right? So. I had to like peel out some of the padding just to fit this big honker in there, but, uh, and then still look dust anyways, but yeah, hilarious, hilarious. Um, the new, the new CPXR helmets are like that. Like I just got a new one. And oh yeah. It's insanely tight. I had to take out like the side padding just so I could like comfortably talk when the helmet's on. Even then it's like, it's like, you got to pull it in, like my head sinks in on it. Granted the hair probably doesn't help, but still. Yeah, well me too, very, man. We both got the afro going on here. Yeah, yeah, it's not no, it's, fun. It's brutal, brutal. But um, 
Yeah, in terms of how long I've been playing Field Cross, I started pretty young, actually. So I would have been, like, I can't really even think of, like, an age. Like, maybe 10 is when I probably first started playing Organized Field in in Ottawa. And I put that in quotations marks just because it was basically just, you know, a bunch of kids running around on a field and uh, us calling it Field Across. Uh, a bunch of box guys playing on a field is what I'm getting at, right? But... Uh, no, I want to shout out Ottawa Nemesis because, uh, you know, that was a big resource for me growing up. Like my dad was a coach there. Uh, there's tons of guys that that kind of went through that program. Like that come to mind, it would be like uh, Ryan Fournier, like myself, uh, Corson Keeley, JP Keeley, all the Ottawa usual suspects. But, uh, you know, that was kind of like my first exposure to field. And then I started to take it more seriously in high school like that's when i was like that's when the ncaa dream kind of got uh popped into my head or whatever however you want to say it right and then uh in terms of going to like recruiting events i know i'm just kind of rambling right now but anyways recruiting events like super late like i didn't start going to recruiting events until like grade 11 and back in that time period people get could get recruited in grade eight so like trying to find any looks whatsoever it was insane so anyways to answer your question i've been playing for a while <laughs> yeah no, that's, 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 i like that I, the reason i like that question is because that's i guess your experience is probably not that of a lot of canadian players that um like don't have a lot of field across background but then you have the pockets that have a lot of field across and are you're able to transition like you know i would say transition that much easier but i, I it goes both ways because i've seen box guys who've never played field pick up field and then they're good to go right away and then i've seen a lot who have never played field and they're like what the heck's going on out here so it's, yeah. super, it's super interesting to see the the kind of development of field and how it affects box and how it all ties together but needless to say your whole life now is primarily invested in box obviously outside of coaching with everest because like that's definitely still a field in right there too um what was it like for you in college what what box were you playing while you were at njit were you going home in the summers and playing you know how much box were you able to play there yeah 100 like we would play box occasionally at njit like we'd have like a little box segment every now and again where uh you know we jump in the turf room and 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 play box across but uh you know <laughs> again quotation marks but <laughs> still still fun times with the boys um but yeah in terms of, of box cross down there i would help out from time to time with uh these guys it was blue star lacrosse so every now and again i would go out and do some runs with them um you know just to kind of show face and again help with development and help kids get better uh they also paid me a couple shekels too which wasn't that bad because i was definitely uh <laughs> short strapped for cash not being able to work in uh in the states but <clears throat> as a canadian uh so so that was awesome shout out blue star look i'm just getting all the plugs in today okay. anyways uh <laughs> yeah so uh so yeah not too much at school um but in the summertime, I was playing junior A for the Toronto Beaches. So uh, a lot of guys there. I, you guys, I know you guys are familiar with Marcus Minicello. Absolute beauty. Love that guy. Uh, but yeah, so that would would have been my my main source of box lacrosse. Uh, no, that's, that's the other one I always want to ask because that's, I think, a lot of people and a lot of our listeners, I think specifically, who didn't find box until after college they're often surprised that guys will go home and play full seasons, you know, right after their NCAA or college season in general, which um, like that model obviously is extremely exclusive or was exclusive to Canada, but I guess now we're starting to see it more kind of develop into the U S like, I know, like I played Belina. Yeah. Like I started playing in our league right now, my sophomore year of college and then yeah. every summer from there on out was box. And so now we're kind of starting to see that to develop more, but it's, it's an interesting one that I think a Good. lot of U.S. based box world never understands, has a late jump to it. Um, that opportunity is existing more now because of these North American style leagues, um, but it's still rare. So that's always one I want to kind of ask. Um, and then I guess, like, lastly, as far as like speaking to your background and kind of where you are now in your development and all that and such, when, when did you feel like the NLL was going to work for you? Like, and I know everyone it could be like oh I, it just happened like i didn't know it was going to happen it just happened but when was like there a moment in your playing career where you were like this this is a real possibility for me i want to get to this point like how do i get here 
Oh, good question, actually. I guess it wasn't really it wasn't really too much of a thought in my mind. I definitely was I think I was just more so focused on the task at hand, like in terms of, you know, again, playing that full NCAA going from fall ball, Christmas, and then, you know, spring season, go, 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 and then right into a new season. It was more so just like, man, I'm just I'm just out here balling like 24 seven you know what i'm saying like i don't i don't get days off so uh balling probably wasn't the right choice of words but whatever <laughs> you know what i you, you you know what i mean like i'm just i'm out here playing mutt lacks his life so um so what did it really become like a realization honestly i would say it would it would have been when i started getting calls from nol teams man 2019 like after my uh my senior year i graduated um you know uh, started getting phone calls from the Toronto Rock. Started getting phone calls from Albany. Uh, there's a few other teams mixed in there, but uh, that's when I was like, "Okay, I guess, uh, guess we're doing this. Here we go." That's sick. What was uh, what, what were kind of the emotions when you? I mean, obviously, like that first phone call. I'm sure it was the first like, "Wait a minute, this is sick" type thing. But what was that like? Was there any like added pressure to perform? You felt like, or just complete honor and excitement? What was that that like emotionally for you? Hundred percent, man. Uh, for me, it was kind of a funny situation. So that summer, I went to BC to Vancouver uh, before I even got any of these phone calls. Anyways, uh, I was playing senior A out there. First game I got into, I broke my thumb in two places. So, like, I'm, you probably can't see it right now, but I had two pins in my right hand. So, uh, really tough injury to have. Like, one of the worst injuries I've had to date. Um, couldn't play video games, like couldn't, couldn't do anything. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, so that was really difficult. And then obviously you start getting those phone calls. I'm still nursing this thumb. Right. So I'm still like, damn, like I really got to get myself right and get myself into training camp and make sure that I'm, I'm good to go. And I, you know, have a good showing here. Cause I don't want to get released as a first round draft pick and, right. you know, just make an embarrassment of myself after all this work I've put in. And, uh, <laughs> there are definitely times in training camp where I, I definitely didn't have some of the best moments, but there's also some times where I, I think I really did shine. But uh, but yeah, in terms of like added pressure, yeah, there was definitely a pressure component to it for sure, especially with the situation that I was dealt. And then at the end of training camp, man, I just I got to drink drink more milk or something. I broke my my knuckle. And it wasn't even like me fighting. I just got slashed. It sucked. Actually, somebody took a shot. Anyways, just bad injury year for me. I need to yeah, call a them. lot of pressure. It was interesting. What's that? Call the company about their gloves. Say they're not working. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got it. I, I will sue. I there will sue. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess my job here is to dig into the backgrounds. But I think it's always. I think it's there's added inspiration whenever we can talk to uh, a guy like yourself who's you know made it to the pro level, um, and and kind of give a little bit of insight to your kind of NLL upbringing and kind of what brought you to this point. Um, especially as we see, you know, more American players drafted. Like I think, you know, this year seeing guys out of the NABL get picked up and stuff. I think for a lot of them, it's like there was no expectation of it ever happening. You know, this is bizarre. I'll be a really low draft pick type thing. But then for you, like it sounds like the writing was kind of on the wall. Just you weren't even like paying attention to it because you didn't really want to or needed to. And then it came out of, you know, existence and here it is. And it presented itself to you, which is it's so cool to hear how different each story is. Um, yeah, I can I can appreciate your thought on that because so many people get hyper focused on just that that they forget every other bit of lacrosse in their life or any sport really when you're trying to do something like that. So that's that's a cool uh, a cool kind of NLL pickup story right there. I appreciate that, Tucker. Thank you. Of course, of course, gentlemen. What else we got? My 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 uh, my my bio piece is done here now. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's a good one. It's all it's, it's always good very questions. insightful. Yeah. So you know we got to give a round of applause to Tuck. Yeah, I will. Actually. Okay, we love, we love the Very well done. His head is already <laughs> big enough, I think, personally. <laughs> I'm coming for your head next camp. <laughs> yeah, promise. Garrett, you, see that, you see that hip check, bro? You're not ready for that pick. I, 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 like, the, I like the hip check. I used one in last night thinking specifically about you. So, <laughs> See, dude, you learn something new on Box Across Breakdown every day. <laughs> Very much so. Like, comment, subscribe. Yeah. There <laughs> okay, we go. Garrett, it's back yeah, to you, so, brother. We got the we got a little new segment we've been doing called Quick Sticks. So the idea is you're going to answer 
all, all these questions, like three or five questions within 30 seconds, as quick as you can. So whatever it is, oh, first thing comes to your mind, just blurt it out. It's really just ramble. Easy. <laughs> yeah. Somehow right, I so turn this into a half hour segment. Right. It's just it's 30 <laughs> seconds and now it's 30 minutes. We'll just post the second episode. Oh, man. <laughs> all right. So okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. Number one. <laughs> Hold on. Sorry. Okay. Number one, what is the matchup you're looking forward to this upcoming season? Um, okay, wait, hold on one second. I'm actually taking a year off this year, so I'm 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 focused on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm taking a year off. So I didn't tell um, the other guys that you you told me you're taking the year off. So that's probably oh yes, yeah, so breaking news, breaking news. Uh, no, I'm taking a year off to to focus on box cross breakdown and and do some stuff with that. So I'll probably see you guys around the rink. Actually, like we we can all hang out. Well, we'll but we'll see now, in Toronto for sure. When we go to that, like, were you talking about though. like, were you talking about like, like me playing with Albany matchup or just matchup general? More, more yeah, more so you playing because I, I, I need to see, I need to see Buffalo, Toronto again. Like that matchup, like that rivalry. Oh my god! But yeah, sorry boys, sorry. <laughs> no, but tired then, for you. But, but then that's a whole other side of questioning. So that's like, it's very interesting it's to like see why. that kind of pro perspective. Even though, like, yeah, you're on the sideline from watching it. But now you can kind of see it from more of like, I was like a bird's eye view, but you can really point out and say, hey, here's something that he's doing. Here's something that he's doing. Are there any games that you're like really excited to watch and start taking and breaking those down? Yeah, 100%, man. So I'm definitely going to be going to like a lot of the Toronto Rock games just because it's right in my neck of the woods. Um, obviously, still have some relationships there from when I played with Toronto, but um, yeah, I'll probably go to some Buffalo games too. Like just as many as I can make it out to. Um, just with my schedule, because obviously I'm uh coaching out Everest, so that's priority number Uno right now. Like want to make sure these kids are are getting the best kind of coaching they can get and uh and helping them develop and being at their showcases and tournaments and all that fun stuff. But um uh yeah, I'm also I really want to go out to a lot of the arena lacrosse league stuff. So a lot of like the prospects that are kind of coming up in Canada, some people that are just you know fringe players that are almost yeah. there but not totally there yet. Like I think there's a lot of coverage there that I think people don't get, man, and they rightfully deserve coverage, right? Because these guys are working their asses off trying to get a goddamn shot in the NOL. And uh, and and lacrosse needs more people like you guys, like me, like you know other other people that do this right, uh, reporting on it, and again moving the needle, pushing the ball forward. So, uh, the the, the ideas for content are limitless, limitless, man. Like I'm thinking about all stuff all the time. That's good. That's good to see and good to hear. That's like that's gonna be kind of exciting to watch. All right, so we'll get back into it. Okay, so this one's gonna be best matchup you played in. So, all right, right. All right, number number one, go. What's the best matchup that you've played in so far? I would have to say, like, I would have to say against Buffalo for sure. They always just come up to, like in terms of like team versus team, Buffalo for sure. Got it. Okay. When I was with the Rock, um, it was it was the craziest rivalry I've ever been a part of. I like we I hated that. them. They hated us. Anyways, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, number two, where's your favorite pregame snack? Oh man, like any kind of candy. I'm a I love sugar. <laughs> and if, if I'm going to narrow it down to one candy, uh, I would have to say sweet tarts. Favorite candy of all time. Beautiful. Sweet tarts. Underrated. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, number three, favorite teammate past and or present. Oh, my God. You can't do that to me. You can put me on all of them. See? Diplomatic. Uh, favorite teammate. From The Rock? That's a tough one. Like, I love all those guys. Like, they're all awesome, but... I'm going to have to give a shout out to Brandon Slade, Sladesy, just because uh, Skitty Bop. Oh, my God. He's just like the funniest guy ever. Uh, I, he just kills me every time. And also Reed Ryan Holt. I love Reed Ryan Holt. That guy's the man. NOLPA. Um, and then and then I guess current teammate on Albany. I'm going to go Corson Keeley because he's from Ottawa. And Jake Fox. And Jake Fox because they're both from Ottawa. Right. Love those guys. All right. Good little list. All right. And then. Number four is what teammate did you learn the most from when you came to the NLF? Like who's the one oh, man. that really you say taught you the ropes? So many, man. Uh Dan Dawson immediately comes to mind just because like he's literally just like everyone's dad. Like 
teaching everybody everything uh role model like just the absolute man so him and I, I would also have to say tom schreiber just watching him offensively like the way he shoots like and how he gets his releases off it's insane man he can do stuff that like other players like le- legit legitimately can't anyways red or that was right, the last right? one so you are you are the box cross breakdown what are some tips that you give to people who watch box cross games one for fun but then two how to watch them more um and get more out of it and more insight out of it yeah 100 percent. that's a really good question um so a lot what i find specifically for people watching lacrosse games and they want to get better they're usually hyper focused on where the ball is right don't just watch where the ball is watch everywhere around where the ball isn't watch how they move watch their timing when the ball is getting swung from one side of the floor to the other. So a ball that's moving east to west. So strong side to weak side. What are these guys doing? How are the picks being timed? When are they picking all these kinds of little tiny things? Pay attention to that. Cause obviously everybody wants to shoot like Tom Schreiber, but how the hell did Tom Schreiber get open for that shot in the first place? Start focusing on those things, right? That's going to make you a more complete player and make you way better. So, all right. Well then that's like, that's like the perfect, that's the, that's the best answer I could have gotten from that. I'm, that's, that's great. And, and great advice. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, that was a fun was, segment. I like a, quick sticks. See, <laughs> It's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's that that's Garrett's initiative, and he's been doing a good job. And uh, it's, that's it's awesome. Cool to see everything, yeah. Um, if are you done with your quick six, Garrett? No, yeah, we're good for it now. You cool. Know, it's, I, it was a little quick. I it was it was pretty quick. Um, I think you know we're we're coming to probably the end of our podcast here, but we always give our guests kind of like the last few minutes to to just either give advice or give a shout out or whatever. But I want to actually ask you a question. So, you know, you said that obviously you're going to take a year off, which you have verbally committed to me over the phone that we're going to be able to have exclusive rights to covering your comeback. So <laughs> definitely, definitely keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Uh, we're just creating but, the narrative. We're yeah, creating right. The narrative right now. I just want to make sure you know, don't leave us behind. Uh, no, uh, but honestly, my 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 real question for you is. So what is what is the you know what does the next year look like for you right obviously you know you you kind of gave uh, um you know ambiguous answer like I want to put more effort into box across breakdown but what does it what does that look like in you know two months three months from now does that look like six months from now a year from now you know what is what are your goals coming up here for for this upcoming yeah year? yeah hundred percent I don't want to give too much away because as I roll things out here Ooh. I definitely want to. I, I hey I want to be uh, a little <laughs> a little bit of a lure and mystery kind of right, involved here, back. but I get I gotta it. keep some some cards close to my chest. But uh, no man, uh, I, I think it's just continuing to do what I'm doing. Um, you know, probably just in a more in depth way, just because. Uh, you know, I'm not going to have to be gone every single weekend. I'm not going to have to be flying every Thursday or Friday and, uh, you know, playing a game on Saturday and waking up on Sunday, coming home, flying home, and then going back to work Monday. You know what I mean? Just that endless gauntlet of work. So I, w- I would say you're going to see just you're going to see more production out of me. I think you're going to see a little bit more of, uh, you know, jumping into like strategy and what really goes into that and trying to help people understand that more of an in-depth way because you know i've i've covered i would say mostly skill oriented stuff like and also i guess strategy with you know how to set a proper pick and roll timing stuff stuff like that but hey like what is what does team strategy look like what are they trying to accomplish on defense what are they trying to accomplish on offense what are we trying to accomplish in transition what the hell is the goalie doing no i, I don't know nothing about goaltending that's the one thing i <laughs> yeah you might have to outsource you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, get out. nick rose hit me up if you see this please call me um but but yeah in the description right right we'll list your number we're gonna we're gonna put aaron's number in the description yeah (laughs) absolutely and your address and mom's name you'll get a ton of guest requests i I wanted to to break down my own clip (laughs) (laughs) i like the one that you posted where it's like monday and it's like you get fucking blasted just absolutely just (laughs) my shit rocked oh my god 
<laughs> General Mike Messenger, you're the man. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're excited to, you know, continue to partner with you. We really appreciate you coming on. Obviously, this has been a great conversation. We could talk for like three more hours, but I think that just means that we're definitely going to have you come back. Um, you know, Maybe we have you come on right before the season and we do a little like NLL season preview, talk about what you're excited for coming up. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of other things that that come to mind as well. But again, Aaron, really appreciate the time and the energy. It's been a great conversation. You're you're always welcome back. So, oh, guys, you guys are so awesome. I would love to do that, by the way. NLL preseason show or something. That would be yeah. sweet to discuss that with you guys. Really insightful thoughts today, guys. Like I, I really am blown away. I can't thank you guys enough for having me on. Really appreciate it. Can't wait to do it again. Sweet. Well, that's uh, that's another episode for us here at Picking Corners. Aaron Forster, thanks for coming on, brother. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely be following everything you guys are doing over at the Box Across Breakdown. Uh, but that's it for now, and and we'll see uh, probably at the end of November for that, that preseason uh, little preview. Thanks again, fellas. Perfect. Right. Peace out. I guess. Bye.